Hey guys. How we doing? All right, so I'm just going to start off with a question. Um, who in here has ever had a squirrel moment, if you know what I mean? A squirrel moment. It's really easy, is it not? Youth group knows what I'm talking about. At the time, the people of Israel were more than distracted. They would have completely forgotten against God and have uh, rebelled against him too and relied on Egypt for their defense purposes. In Isaiah, it describes um, how they saw their chariots and relied on that because they trusted in what they can see. And um, before Hezekiah, who's the king I'm talking about today, was King A.S., his father, who was a wicked king and was primarily re responsible for how um, Judah was like spiritually. So, so the main problem that they had is that uh, Judah trusted in what they can see, but God's power is not compar comparable to what we can see. Just like in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, it says, for we should walk by faith and not by sight. So, so we're going to start off in 2 Kings 18, verses 1 through 4. Ooh, that's a big chunk. So, so I'm just going to, there's Rob's height, okay. So, all right. In the third year of Hoshea, the son of Elaz, king of Israel, Hezekiah, son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 25 years old when he became king and reigned in, Jer in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother named Abijah, sorry if I mispronounce these things, daughter of Zechariah, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father David had done. He removed the high places, smashed the sacred stones, and cut down the Asherah poles. He broke into pieces the bronze snake Moses had made, for up to that time the Israelites had began burning incense to it. So, this was just kind of like an overview of how Hezekiah was like as a king. Right off the bat, his resume seems pretty good, you know. He did right in the eyes of the Lord, but... And he destroy, destroyed what his, what his father brought to the people. So at the time, Isaiah was the um, prophet who um, ministered Hezekiah at the time and foretold, that after, foretold the people that um, after his father, King Ahaz, who was wicked, there would be a righteous king. But he said righteous, but not perfect. And that's key, because I feel like whenever we hear that, if we're describing someone as righteous, then we kind of go off to see that that, perfect, that person might be perfect in everything they do kind of thing, because we hear righteous and go off to good. But that's not always the case. And you'll see that with Hezekiah later on. Just like in verses 13 through 16 later on in this chapter was Hezekiah's first mess up. His, so... So at the time, Assyria was a very powerful nation at the time and uh, wanted to invade Hezekiah's kingdom. And um, Assyria wanted money, just like kind of like how Rob talked about last week about um, how uh, Hoshea gave in to the king with money. Do you guys remember that? 
You see, Hezekiah felt like it was right for him to pay the Assyrian king rather than to trust God and defend his nation. In the scripture, it didn't say how he defended his nation because that wasn't his response. And that's kind of, kind of going to be the key in this sermon is your first response and how it can affect others and also yourself because our response reflects our faith. So... So obviously he fell into the enemy and paid the king what he wanted. And when we give in to the enemy, it's like whenever the enemy pokes us, the enemy will obviously want to come back because he found a weakness. And the Assyrian king decides to send in a field commander next time to fill the people's heads with fear and unbelief. So kind of back to the enemy thing. So it kind of reminds me of... Who in here likes free refills whenever you go to a restaurant? <laughs> kind of like that. But what if the enemy knows that you have free refills? Wouldn't he take the same advantage and refill the same drink of whatever weakness you may have? It could be the same drink. It could be a different drink. It could poke you in a different way type of thing. So, and so... So the Assyrian field commander decides to fill the people's head with fear and unbelief. And what I found interesting while I read this story is uh, Hezekiah told the people to be quiet, to not say anything to this field commander. What would you do? Would you listen to Hezekiah or would you try to do your own thing? Crickets. And how much you trusted your king? Yeah. Would you try to like rally up some people? Could get into some serious trouble, would it not? Yeah. Whenever we get in, that could might lead into some words, you know, like how we do in arguments type of thing. And later we, we could later regret what we would say after. Haven't we all done that? Yeah. See, we're in church. <laughs> He's the pastor too. All right, but is it better to get into an argument and have the possibility of later regretting what you say, or is it better to just be silent and trust God in the process? But do we always do that? That's, where, that's why the response is so important. See, that, so the people decided to actually listen to Hezekiah and just went silent. So, later, so what Hezekiah does, his initial reaction was good. In 2 Kings 19 verse 1, says that he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth, which is a, like a form of repentance. His guy saw the situation as it was, and knew that Jerusalem was in a desperate situation. And then in the um, second half of that verse, it says that he went into the temple of the Lord. He knew where he could find God's presence. And, you know, as Hezekiah as a king, he has the pressure of leading the people. He has the pressure of making right choices. 
And so, plus he has this Assyrian king and this Assyrian field commander kind of talking in his ear and with his people. And the thing is, the Assyrian king um, saw himself as a god, but was that Assyrian king really a god? No. So I feel like in certain things in our lives, we see them bigger than what our god is. We think that they have like a bigger influence than what our god is. It's like whenever we face mountains in our life or a storm, we try to either get through that sea by ourselves or climb that mountains by ourselves. But we have to realize that the God who created those storms in that mountain can move it by himself. So, so what I want to point out is that Hezekiah did not let his uh, mourning and grief to spin him off into rejection of what God's power can do. Like I said in the beginning, that God's power is not comparable to those we can see. And he had, and the thing is, Hezekiah had hoped that God would take um, offense to what the to what the Assyrian field commander was saying because he did say some words that God probably would not likely take. So, and so he went. So, like I said, he went to the temple of the Lord, and Hezekiah sought the sought for an answer, just like in certain things in our lives, whenever things might not be going. Um, how we want, and we want an answer. We just keep asking that question over and over and over, right? Right. So there's a, in the beginning of my walk, um, I had this one question that I was just nagging on that I cannot get out of my head. And I kept asking, like, Lord, like, I don't want to miss, like, no one wants to miss anything. It's like the biggest fire. It's it's almost like you don't want to miss, like, the biggest firework at a Fourth of July show type of thing. Like, I didn't want to miss certain points of like how God was moving in my life type of thing. And, I've asked, and I was asking God that same question for months, and it never got out of my head. And then I got it. And so you just have to, I guess, if it's really on your heart, then keep asking. And he'll eventually give it to you. And I got my, and I, huh? Okay. It's making me nervous. <laughs> huh? You're fine. And I got my answer, and it kind of goes like this. Um, don't worry about the missing part, but rather focus on what you do after you realize what I've done. So, and so Hezekiah sought for an answer because he did I bet he was, like, nervous and scared on what to do with these Assyrian powers in his kingdom. So, in 2 Kings 19, verses 5 through 7, all right. So, when King Hezekiah's officials came to Isaiah, Isaiah had the answer. Isaiah said to them, tell your master, this is what the Lord says, do not be afraid of what you have heard, those words with which the underlings of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Listen, when he hears a certain report, I will make him want to return to his own country, and there I will have him cut down with the sword. So, yeah. So, so God's basically like, I got this. And eventually that Assyrian king is killed with the sword, just like Isaiah prophesied. And later God sent an angel to the Assyrian camp, um, and killed over 185 of the Assyrian troops. So, yeah, God got it. 
and in before before all that happened in um in second chronicles thirty two verse seventeen the Assyrian king sent a letter to Hezekiah that that pointed out um what the king has done to other nations as like he destroyed other nations as an advantage to scare Hezekiah, but obviously that didn't work because that king is now dead. He's gone. So, so yeah, that all happened, and so he got it. So, just a little side story. I was at a I was at a track meet. And it was cold, windy, raining, hailing, awful. And uh, I remember, like, this is, I should not be, I didn't want to go to that meet at all. And I'm thinking, like, this is not logical. And I was mad because, like, all the other schools canceled the baseball and softball games, but not the track meet. (laughs) I was so mad. I'm so pretty mad about it today. So once we got to the track meet, the weather was on and off. It would be Cloudy, sunny, raining, whatever. It was just on and off. And so I was, like, praying the whole meet. I was just like, God, can you just, like, please make the weather nice just for a little bit, just for whenever I run? <laughs> That's all. Because I only did one, I only ran one event. And, yeah, it was during the middle of the meet. So just, like, just have it nice for, like, ten minutes and we'll be good. And so I'm just standing there watching field events, and I look up uh, for a moment, and I just see, like, a giant storm coming our way. And my race was eventually coming up, and, like, I'm like, you got to be joking. Like, I don't want to run in that. So I prayed to God. I was like, God, just, like, can you just, like, move it somehow, just, like, make it go away somehow? And eventually instead of it coming this way, it was coming behind us so so that was fun and then so and so whenever my race I was waiting for my person to come to me since I was in a relay and then I realized I didn't even thank God for all the times he was messing around with the weather and so and so like I felt awful because I didn't even thank God for changing the weather and so what I thought was if I didn't even thank God for changing the weather, what else am I not thanking him for that's bigger than just the weather? Kind of like how I was talking about the missing part, like I don't want to miss certain things. And so those two kind of things collided. And then I realized whenever I was looking at the storm, I, I was thinking, like, I shouldn't have looked at the storm at how big it was. I should have been focusing on rather how bigger my God is. So, yeah. So, back to Hezekiah, after about me. So, later on in 2 Kings 20, Hezekiah gets ill, and Isaiah tells him in verse 1 to put his house in order because you are going to die, you will not recover. That's probably the last thing I want to hear if I'm on my deathbed, and someone tells that to basically clean my house, and then I'm going to die, basically. That's not nice. So, and so what Hezekiah's response was is he prays this beautiful prayer and God gives him an extra 15 years of life. What would you do with those extra 15 years of life if you're on your deathbed and then you get 15 years of life? 
What would you do? So she was mentioning about um, putting her house in order and not cleaning it, but focusing on like family and stuff like that, right? Right, so rather focusing on what really matters most in life, like family and stuff like that. So basically, cherish, like, wouldn't you like cherish every moment and thanking God for what he did for saving your life? So, so what Hezekiah does is, so, have you guys heard the term, like, don't press the red button, or don't? This is where Hezekiah presses the red button. So, Hezekiah, rather than um, uh, praising God for what he did, he rather used it to impress ungodly men whenever Babylon decided to pay a visit to his kingdom. And Hezekiah shows them all the riches they have, because at the time, Babylon was a very powerful nation, and Jerusalem was kind of s- smaller. So he showed them everything, and, at the, and um, Isaiah prophesied that um, uh, they would, uh, whoa, my bad, that uh, uh, Jerusalem would be carried off into Babylon in Isaiah 39. So what's important is how you respond in your life, you know, like I said in the beginning, how your your response reflects your faith. So, so you see in Hezekiah's reign that he consults with God about the situation and still wants God to be in the middle of it, and he wants the situation to be all of God's and let God do as he pleases with it. So, hold on, let me turn to it. I just want to read this verse real quick. In Proverbs uh, 3, 27 through 28, it says, Do not withhold good from those who do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, Come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you when you already have it with you. So I feel like today this world needs uh, Jesus a lot. And Whenever you have, we all have the power of changing someone's life because we're here to uh, win souls and not arguments. So, us as Christians, I don't want like us to be used used to be calling us Christians, not used to that name. I, like, like I want like to see people excited to wake up every day to tell someone about Jesus, to not hold back that good news that we all have to tell someone. Because, yeah. Because I feel like this world can be a whole, a whole new place if we just have Jesus in the center of it. So, and then in Proverbs twelve twenty five it says, Anxiety weighs on the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. So, like, as simple as that can change someone's life, just like a simple, kind word. So, so yeah, it can be as simple as paying for someone's meal 
or just smiling at someone, just like those little things. So yeah, <laughs> that's all I got.